This is WCN. The Whole Care Network. You talk. We listen. Content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. Views and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent views of the Whole Care Network. Always consult your physician for medical and fitness advice, and always consult your attorney for legal advice. And thank you for listening to the Whole Care Network. And I refuse to be silent, and I am a voice to those who have yet to find their voice. We all have our stories, and by sharing them, we can truly show the power of the human spirit. Hello, my name is Jody O'Donnell Ames, and welcome to another episode of Gratitude to Latitude, Stories of Resilience and Hope. I've been doing a lot of, spending a lot of time on Instagram, doing a lot of posts, and The beauty of social media is you get to meet cool people and fun people and funny people and dancing people. And one of those people who I met through Instagram is my guest today. Her name is Latrice Kabuya. And I'm here to say that she is amazing. She is a TV radio contributor a speaker, a podcaster, a mental health advocate, and she's also simultaneously the mother of five who is going back to school. So welcome, Latrice. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for taking. I know you had a really busy day, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me this evening. Oh, no problem. This is an honor. I'm so happy to be with you. I was doing some scrolling on Instagram and first and foremost, you're beautiful. So your (laughs) your smile and your vitality, your energy just immediately caught my attention. And I'm like, oh, who is this Latrice lady? And as I read your bio, I found out that there's a reason that you do your makeup so well. There is. You are correct. <laughs> and and you know, when I when I originally saw you, I'm like, I know that woman has some kind of skincare or makeup artist <laughs> artistry background. I just know it and darn if I was I was right. <laughs> I do. I have 20 plus years of it actually. Yeah. I used to travel um with Estee Lauder and serve my clients and I freelanced forever. And so, yeah, I, gosh, but you know what? I really started that Jody in high school. Wow. I didn't know what I was doing then, (laughs) (laughs) but I, but people let me do it. So I guess it got better. (laughs) Latrice, I'm 55 and I still don't know what I'm doing when it comes to makeup. (laughs) But you know what? It is all good because you have great skin, healthy skin, great face structure, you know, I'm always looking at that. So, you know what, it's makeup is just an expression. And I guess I 
learn how to express. <laughs> you learned it very well. So before we get started, I'm I'm going to just nip it in the bud and ask this question because I am curious as a woman, an older woman, yeah. what is the one thing you would tell anyone, any woman that she has to have as far as wow. makeup? The one thing I would, I, I will stand on great skincare. It has nothing to do with makeup. Wow. When you have great skin, it's, it just makes the difference because you can have great makeup. You can even apply makeup well, but if that skin isn't healthy, you're, it's going to make the difference. And so get a great skin regimen. It doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be a whole lot, but just make sure you are taking care of your skin because your skin talks to you. And just like seasons change, your skin changes. And so it tells you what it needs. And so just that's just the beginning of all that you've done and you are. And I always start my my interviews with this question because I I find that it's relevant. And so far, every single time I've asked this question, it has been relevant. Take care of it. Drink plenty of water. But skin regimen is everything. Well, you just reminded me that I need to go buy some more collagen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so th- thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I thought I I definitely had to ask a question about that. But there's so much, so much more to you. And I'm sure at some point it won't be that case. But I believe that who we are when we are children is representative of our authentic selves. Mm -hmm. And so I like to ask my guests about who they were as a child and, and how that resonates to who they are today, whether that's an experience or an observation or characteristic. Wow. Well, who I was as a child, oddly enough, I was an, I'm still an introvert, but I was an introvert with extrovert tendencies. I was always called funny. I always made people laugh. I always was an advisor. People always came to me for advice. I was that person that was going to stick up for the individual that didn't have the friends or wasn't popular. I was friends with everybody. It didn't matter who you were, where you came from, if you had money or not. And I've always spoken up. And that's who I am today. I'm an advocate. I'm a voice. I use humor to make people smile. I I am working on my degree, my master's to be a therapist and um, just really help people heal from trauma and deal with bad experiences in their life so that they can overcome and be the best that they are called to be on this earth. So the description you just gave is everything that I have experienced and felt as I watched you Mm. on Instagram, whether it's some kind of advice, whether it's you with your daughters, whether it's you dancing, you are extremely funny. And I love, I think being funny is one of the best characteristics a person, aside from Mm. compassion, can have. Especially these days, we all need humor in our lives. And so I really appreciate that about you. I recognized it right away. So, so it, and, and all of those things also translate into being an amazing counselor. Mm, wow. Wow. 
I just want to help because of my story, my life, my experience. I want people to know it's not over. I don't care what you've gone through, what you've been through, what you're going through. You will come out of this. Seasons do change. You're stronger than you think. And I am a testimony. I am grace walking around. Mm. I really am. And so I, I've been through whew, the pit, but by the grace of God, I'm here and I'm standing and I'm standing strong and standing for others. Powerful. You are a voice. You are a voice mm. for yourself and a voice for others. And I noticed there was something on Instagram that said, you can, and this is uh, one of your posts, you can have a healthy life post-trauma. And this podcast is called Gratitude to Latitude, which means when we can see and feel and express gratitude, we rise. But the latter part is also stories of resilience and hope. So I thought following you and learning more about you that you would be a wonderful guest. I would, I would like you to explain that healthy life post-trauma that you can have a healthy life post-trauma and what that means. Oh, absolutely. So I'll just use my life. I'm very transparent about the things I went through. Now, I have a great family life. I grew up um, with a two-parent home on the country. I am definitely a farm girl. I have four sisters. And, you know, we, um, we did well. However, things happen in life. I was sexually assaulted you know, and no one believed me. Mm. I started shaping my body shape, became an adult before I, I didn't even realize it was happening. And so there was situations with older men that took advantage of me and took me for granted. And of course, that deals with the self-esteem and shame and guilt um, because your body responds in a way that you're like, this isn't good. But it's not your fault, but you don't know it's not your fault. And then the self-esteem, because even though I grew up in a, a small, amazing town, we were one of the few um, Black people there. So that in itself, that identity, I didn't know because my Black friends told me I was too white and my white friends just didn't understand me. So I didn't know where I belonged, but I was popular, if that makes sense, right? That does make sense. Yeah, yeah. So I connected with everyone, but personally, from my soul, I didn't connect with anyone. I made everyone else feel good, right? While I was in turmoil on the inside. And then speed it up in my 20s, I end up getting out of wedlock. And of course, that brought shame to my family, or so I thought, just because we grew up and we believe the Bible and we stand on the Word of God. And so I was sinning and having sex before marriage. So, of course, the shame there, the guilt, the attacks from people and the judgment. And then um, I ended up getting married and having a horrible marriage, emotionally abusive, a little physical, and our child ended up passing away from sin. So dealing with the death, then uh, my ex-husband leaves me for another woman. I know it sounds like a soap opera. I know. So even dealing with that, dropping out of college and in my family, you don't drop out of nothing. 
And so all my sisters went to college. I have four sisters, I said earlier. And so, you know, my life was just like, what is happening? Everyone else is making these wise choices. And then there's Latrice, right? And so after the divorce, after the death, I just started doing some soul searching because I knew there was something better, right? Because I believe um, the word of God and I stand on his promises. And I just was like, you know, this just isn't the life I want to live. And so I started having to be honest. I started having to deal with the trauma, the pain, the shame, the guilt, and really putting it in its proper place, not allowing fear. Fear became a part of my life, not allowing fear to take over or anger resentment, all those negative emotions. And I just started doing the inner work. And from there, it just started, I started growing, healing, getting revelation on who I really was. And my favorite scripture is Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I started understanding that I had purpose, that I had purpose in the midst of all my choices and decisions and all the things that have happened to me, I still have value. I still have purpose and I'm called to do something great on this earth. And so that's how I started my journey on resilience and overcoming trauma. And that's just in a nutshell because of time. Yeah, no. So first of all, that's a lot. You just unfolded a lot for us. And So I want to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the loss of your child. I'm sorry about your divorce. I'm sorry about the things that happened to you. And it's a reminder that we are greater than our circumstances, which is what I think you just eloquently stated in your own experiences. We are greater than our circumstances. So I I want to ask you, first of all, where did you grow up? I, I don't know if I... Tonganoxie, Kansas. Okay, in Kansas. Okay. (laughs) And then how old were you? Because I'm wondering, you know, how old are we when we really understand the effects of what has happened to us? And I'm I'm referring to the sexual assault. You know, I'm going to be honest. I did not really understand the effects of it probably until my late 30s, early 40s. I've heard that, and that's why I wanted to ask that important question, because I've heard that, you know, what happens is many women who are sexually assaulted are like, okay, that happened, I'm okay. And then years, sometimes even decades later, it, yeah. it's this, it's this um, yeah. immediate response that, oh my goodness, no, I'm not okay. No, no, no. And here's the thing about trauma. You're going to, if you don't deal with it, it's still going to manifest in your life. And I didn't know that I needed to deal with it because again, I was, gosh, 11, 12. The first guy was 19, 20, something like that. I just felt shame. But not only did I feel shame, but I was my... They told my parents that I was being promiscuous, you know, and I tried to advocate for myself and say, no, he took advantage of me and I didn't know what to do. And they didn't believe me. So I had that on top of being violated. 
So for years, I just felt like I was unworthy, that I was a whore, I because that's what I was called. And so that stayed with me. And when I start doing the work and it's nothing overnight, I realized that I, I'm not. Even in my bad choices, because from there, I did start doing things because it was expected of me. You know, my body, when, and when I say my body started growing, you know, you go from, you go to bed, you know, just flat everywhere and you wake up and you're just this little shapely Coke bottle. What do you do? And no one tells you. No one explains what's happening to your body and why grown men are lusting after you and and saying things inappropriate, but your mind can't process it because you're 15, you're 16, and there's no one guarding, advocating, or protecting you. So you hear this constantly, right? And you're just like, okay, I guess this is normal treatment. So then that's your expectation of, even though I had a loving father, but he couldn't give me that capacity of protection in that sense, because he's old school. He didn't know. You don't talk about sex, right? Right. right. You don't talk about... Times are very different then. Yes. Yes. You don't talk about sex. You don't have sex. (laughs) You don't. You really... You're right. And so... And I don't... I'm not mad at them. I love them both. Because what I realized, they gave me everything they had. And this was not part of it. Mm. And so I'm okay because I still, they were good to me. My parents are amazing. They provided. There was just some areas that they did not have. But I'm going to tell you, in those areas, yes, it, it caused trauma. But the beauty of it, I've been able to grow, heal, and now share but more importantly, know how to give that space to my children so they won't go through what I went through. That's really powerful. And, you know, as parents, we all do the best we can. Sure. And then when we learn from those experiences, we do our best to pass that information, those lessons on to our own children and to prepare them. Yeah. Yes. So, absolutely. So as someone who's now studying for her master's in counseling social and social, social work, work and social work mm-hmm. and also as someone who went through that trauma do you feel as though today we are in much a much better place to handle that issue than back in the day oh absolutely well if i can even just target the black the community first of all you don't talk about sex you don't talk about mental health you don't talk about any of that right it's all taboo Now we're seeing that there's more communication. There's more access to resources to help people navigate through their trauma where it was shunned upon. Anytime you talk about mental health or therapy or anything of that nature, people are crazy. You're crazy. And now we're given space, right? Because now we have access. And so we're able to help those. That have gone through. The biggest thing that I find interesting, a lot of times we've heard people say, oh my gosh, she is a drama queen or he's a drama king. There's a reason why, you know? So instead of so saying, pay attention, oh, pay attention. Right. Right? So instead, instead of saying, oh my gosh, they are this or that, say, you know, what happened? Who did this to you? Is- what was your experience? Isn't it Oprah who has a book out 
that said what that's called what happened to you? I think so, or something mm. similar to that. Yeah. And I think that's important because it also takes the the blame off of the victim. That's right. And that shame. Yeah. Yeah. She's a drama queen for a reason, because if the trauma is not dealt with, it's going to manifest somehow, some way in that individual's life. And everyone's different. So it's going to look different on people. And so, or, you know, you may say, oh my gosh, she is so incredibly mean, like for no reason, like she's always in a bad mood. There's There's a a reason reason for that. There's a reason. There's a reason. Absolutely. There's always a reason. Mm-hmm. So there obviously are other people out there who feel stuck, who have faced trauma and don't know how to move forward and don't know the process of getting from where they are to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for someone? And there are so many different versions of trauma, but what advice would you have? for someone who wants to heal? First, forgive yourself. Mm. Because a lot of times that guilt, man, will just come upon you for no reason. So forgive yourself. Even if you may have made a decision that was incorrect, it's okay. That's what grace is for, to cover you. So forgive yourself. Don't quit. Don't quit. Because quitting is final. Move forward, and how you move forward is going to look different for everybody. Moving forward could be therapy for some. Moving forward is just acknowledging your hurt, your pain that you've never shared. Moving forward may be journaling for a while to get your feelings and emotions out. Moving forward could be talking to someone, just sharing, you know, your experience. Because a lot of times it causes us to be silent. That's why. I am very specific when I say I'm a voice because for so many years and all the different things I faced, it was to silence me and I refuse to be silent. And I am a voice to those who have yet to find their voice. And so I would just say, do what you need to do for your journey, but don't quit. Forgive yourself. Find resources to help you move forward and do the work. The work is hard. The work hurts. But I promise you, it is going to pay off because there's nothing like being healed. There's nothing like being free. There's nothing like overcoming a situation. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like really standing in your feelings. You know, sometimes when something bad happens or trauma happens, we just put it to the side and suppress it. Go ahead and grieve. Go ahead and feel. Be in that space. Even if it's tough, right? Oh, I did not grieve my daughter's death until 20 years later. And I sat in my living room and I had a tantrum like I was two years old because I was told, no, you don't cry. You stay strong. You be tough. You don't need to cry. She's in heaven. So I was not allowed to grieve. So I suppressed it and moved on. Now in that moving on, it really wasn't moving on because things were manifesting because I was still in turmoil and pain and hurt. And so I grieved 20 years later. 
It reminds me of Prince Harry, who I believe lost his mom when he was 10. And he said he did not grieve his mother's death because of his circumstances and his upbringing mm-hmm. and what was considered normal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. normal grieving. Yeah. Until 20 years later. And he said, had I expressed grief, I would have had many more positive relationships in my life. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, the way I was raised, the way you grow up and you're told what to do and what not to do, it, it was what it was. But yeah, that's why I make sure I give space to all those feelings and emotions because life can be very disrespectful sometimes. And you have to learn how to navigate in a healthy way. Well, for all the things you just shared, when are you graduating? Because people need you. <laughs> I graduate May 2022. Oh, yes. my goodness. And how will you celebrate? You know what? My husband and I were talking about that because I also t- turn 50 next year. And so I think I told him I do want to go somewhere, fly somewhere and, and have a good week. But I also want to do something, give back to people. And so I think I'm going to have some type of luncheon to serve some powerful women here locally and just honor them because a lot of times people do a lot of good work, but aren't always, there's not a pat on the back. So I was thinking about doing something like that, some amazing women's here locally, serving them by some type of luncheon or something. It sounds like a great way to celebrate. Yeah, really absolutely. Giving back. So I know that you advocate on television also. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I've been doing TV for about seven, eight years. I started actually doing uh, makeup segments and another local channel saw me and wanted me to do segments there. So I was going back and forth. I was cheating. (laughs) And uh, then they were like, hey, you are a natural can you be a host on our morning show? And so I did that. I was a fill-in TV host until it canceled in right before the pandemic. So I went back to my first um, station and I do men- mental health segments. And so I just provide information because again, there's still a lot of stigma, stigma on mental health. And so again, I want to share my knowledge, my information so that it can make a difference for that person watching and maybe was having suicidal ideation or some self-esteem issues or depression or whatever and let them know they're not alone. There is help or give them information that empowers them, right? To live a strong, healthy life. And so that's what those segments are for information, for awareness for the people that are watching. You've made it really, your mission is so clear. You've made it really clear whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, television, podcasts, whatever the media, you made it clear that mental health is a priority and should be a priority for everyone. And I really thank you for doing that and for standing up, as you said, and being a voice. Do you have a quote or a book that you have found in your personal life to be a wonderful resource. You know what? I'm going to just be real honest. I'm very simple. And I go back to Jeremiah 1, 5. 
right? Because for me to build my self-esteem, to realize that I had value, I realized that God put me on this earth because I did have a purpose, a voice, regardless my choices, regardless what happened to me, I still had purpose. And so that's what I encourage everyone else to understand that they have value, that there's gifts on the inside of them. They have to tap into it. They have to wake that inside up so that they can serve people with their gifts, so that they can be fulfilled in life. There's nothing more fulfilling than doing purpose, serving others, right? And so my quote is just Jeremiah 1, 5. When God, he knew me before he even put me in my mother's womb. So that tells me I'm special. If I was on his mind like that, he thought of me before he even created me. I must be pretty special. So I have to understand and think like God thinks. So if he thinks I'm that special, then I have to understand how special I am. And I won't let nothing, no one or no situation tell me different. Well, I'm going to echo that. You are very special. How do our guests get in touch with you, Latrice? (laughs) Thank you, sweetheart. Um, You know what? They can go to my website at um, www.latricekabuya.com. They can email me at latrice at latricekabuya.com. And I'm on all social media platforms at Trice, because Trice is my nickname, T-R-E-S-E. Just that's my handle, Trice Kabuya. That's what my parents still call me at 49. Trees, trees. <laughs> and, and you're also on TikTok, right? I am. That's where we can I learn am. some new da- we can learn some new dance moves on TikTok. <laughs> yes. And that's a you know, it's interesting because people are always like, okay, you're a therapist, but you dance. And I say, you know, once I get that actual title in May, I might be called the dancing therapist because Dancing is therapy to me. Like literally, if you ever come to Kansas City, we'll hang out. I can be in the grocery store, gas station. I don't even have to have music. I'll just start dancing because it's freedom to me. You are preaching to the choir because (laughs) dancing is freedom to me too. And isn't there's just something about it. And so that's just what I do. And so a lot of times, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, you got dance moves. I don't know if I really have dance moves. But I'm free. And it's just part of my expression. Well, Latrice, it's been my honor. Thank you so much. Keep dancing like no one's watching. And thank, thank you so you. much thank for being you. here it's with me today. Pleasure. You take it's care. Been fun. Thanks. This is WCN, the Whole Care Network. You talk, we listen.